This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so happy you're here today. So today I am speaking with Karen Duncan. Karen is actually a very close friend of mine. Uh, She's a mother of three. She's a wife. She teaches yoga. And unlike, you know, most of my guests, which is really great, they, you know, most of them have something to, a service to offer people or a book to promote, which is all really great. Karen, on the other hand, this is more of a public service announcement, if you will, because uh, she's going to share her experience with a couple of diagnoses that were life-changing. And she also talks about how yoga really made a difference in her life especially living with the autoimmune diseases that she has. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Karen. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So I want to let everybody know this is the very first time I am recording an interview live with somebody sitting in the same room with me. So this is a first for me. Karen and I are very close friends, and I was thinking this morning about the day I met you and how we met. Long time ago. It was a long time ago. And I lived in a town close by and just happened to be in this coffee shop that I never went into, barely ever went into this coffee shop. And I happened to run into somebody and who we volunteered with, with my son's preschool. And I was like, yeah, so I'm moving to this new neighborhood. And she was like, oh, a good friend of mine. She was my sorority little sister. And she introduced us. And I was so confident that our boys, as we both had boys the same age, would get along even before they had met that I actually registered Brandon into Ryan's kindergarten class so that he would have somebody he knew before he started. So Karen invites me over for a play date to introduce the boys. And I'll never forget that day because I walked in and my first thought was, oh, she's one of those moms. (laughs) I tricked you. I tricked you. <laughs> Only that day I was one of those moms. First and a loss for that. But she had all these crafts laid out and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the least craftiest person. But what I was thinking about this morning, thinking back to that day that if you would have told me in 2006 that we would be so close this many years later, I never would have thought that. So, and and even the more bizarre thing, we had to rent for 10 months. I was like a two minute walk from Karen's house. That's how close we were. So it was just the stars were aligned that one day when I walked into that coffee shop and uh, I just love that. So Karen's in it, uh, is a different guest for me because not only is she one of my closest friends on the, on the planet and will be, we, we will be growing all together, sister. For sure. Karen doesn't have a book to promote or a website or anything like that. She is just here to share some of her personal experiences so that she can help people. And I think that's a beautiful thing because, you know, a lot of people only want to do something when there's something in it for them. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day today. And, but I'm happy you're here. I get to see you. (laughs) I'm happy I'm here too. Yeah. I have nothing to promote besides um, health and smart decisions to benefit your soul. There you go. So I don't want to tell your story for you because I don't, no, if I, I remember going through and, and hearing you talk about where you didn't know what was wrong with you. And, and, it, and then on the other side, like, 
finally, I know what's wrong with me. And now you, and then you could take the steps. The only thing I remember, and it was right before you, you figured out what was wrong. I remember seeing you and your complexion was really off. And I was like, oh, yes. So tell everybody what you went through. I had a very joyful blessing called a very surprise pregnancy, very late in my 20s, which went beautifully. However, maybe two weeks after Ryan, the young man we were discussing earlier in our chat was born, I had lost all my pre-pregnancy weight and then some. Sounds like the greatest thing ever, I know, ladies, but it was a huge red flag that something was very, very wrong. And when I went for my two-week C-section checkup and six-week C-section checkup, uh, the reaction when I walked in the door also notified me that something was desperately wrong. From the time I had a two-week-old baby till about 10 years later, I would say I lived in pain and was very underweight. I am a group fitness teacher and a yoga teacher, but I knew the weight loss was not from what I've done for years, which is a normal level of exercise with a very, very good diet. So I would say for the majority of my 30s, I had a daily stomach ache. I had what I now know to be the typical symptoms of celiac disease, which is fatigue, tremendous weight loss, bloating and gas, abdominal pain, vomiting and constipation. But back then, celiacs was not as prevalent as it is today. And I was not aware that this is what I was experiencing. So after nine years and two more children, I learned that I had celiac disease. Most people are devastated when they find out they'll never eat a cupcake again. I was so thrilled to be validated and finally knew what was wrong with me. The complexion you're referring to is the greenness I had in my skin and the uncomfortableness of my body weight that everyone sort of knew was an issue, including myself. Um, Well, because people automatically go to, she has an eating disorder, you know. And unfortunately, and ladies, please don't be so quick to judge other women. I remember, made it remembered at my book launch in 2009, and I had some girls helping me and their mom came back and they were like, yeah, they, they thought Miss Scarlatta looks a little anorexic. And I was like, well, then I'd be the first 145 pound anorexic there is. Yeah. So like, we can't, we can't be so quick to throw that out there and make assumptions because we don't know what that person is dealing with. I really appreciate you saying that. Even when I'm sitting here trying to be as open as possible, I'm still holding back a little bit. I saw many, many doctors. Rock bottom was for me when a woman in Reston, a female doctor, gave me a business card for an eating disorder clinic and assumed that I was struggling with an eating disorder, which of course is a very, very real thing. And I certainly validate that and respect that. Of course. However, that wasn't the case. So I felt very, very helpless and unseen, unheard, unvalidated, and very judged So when I finally had my diagnosis, I felt tremendous relief, some validation that I wasn't crazy. Because if someone tells you something enough, you slowly start to believe perhaps it could be true. The good news is our body is extremely, extremely forgiving. Although celiac disease has no cure, um, once you start taking gluten out of your diet, your stomach villas and stomach uh, small intestines will begin to heal 
and um, therefore you will start absorbing nutrients again. And within three to six months, you will start to put some body weight on. Stomach villas, as you may or may not know, are the little fingers that mm. come off of your stomach and they grab the nutrients from food. In my case, those were dormant or inactive. So therefore they weren't grabbing nutrients to make me gain weight and be a healthy woman, thus the green complexion. And so you were essentially starving yourself. I was I mean, eventually starving you're not, myself. By not getting not nutrients. willingly, yes. Now, as I just said, statistically speaking, most people, once they remove the gluten out of their diet, it takes three to six months for their stomach fillers to become healthy again. For me, I was very lucky. Within 30 days, I'd put on 11 pounds. Wow. So my body responded very, very quickly. I was very lucky to recover so quickly and then be a very normal, healthy weight, which was remarkable after feeling so exhausted for 10 years to be a whole decade older but feels so wonderful. So I um, feel like I'm a success story. Although it was nine painful years, I am fully recovered now and feeling very well and a very normal, healthy weight. Yeah, yeah. And you would never know that you were in so much pain in that time frame, and that you didn't have the energy because it never, you did a really good job of hiding it. Thank you. All you know is what you know. Yeah. We all suffer and everyone who is listening is dealing with some sort of pain. We have beautiful coping methods to get by, especially women, because we're super strong and we're amazing and we're powerhouses. I just thought this must be the way everyone feels because I felt it for so long. Right. Where now I feel stronger at 47 than I did at uh, 37. You know, as as one wise woman once told me, you know, what you think is is normal, another person would find completely unacceptable. Yes. Remember that day you said that to me? I remember <laughs> it well, my friend. I remember it well. Yeah. And it's true. You know, sometimes we just don't know. It's like getting getting reading glasses for the first time. Oh my gosh, I can see. Yes. I, I can read. <laughs> yes. Yes. Smelling the roses for the first day. It's a glorious day, ladies. Do that this afternoon. <laughs> exactly. So, so how did you transition? Because, I mean, you've got three kids, you have a husband. How did you transition your diet and feeding them as well? Because you can't have even a nibble of gluten or you will, yes. your stomach it, it protrudes. Yes, very true. Everyone um, who has celiacs will react differently to gluten. Most people have um, explosive diarrhea. I have tremendous lower abdominal swelling like a pregnant person. Some people feel extremely fatigued. Some people get rashes. I am certainly not a doctor or even an expert in celiacs. I'm an expert in my celiacs. So to answer your question, not well. I started eating uh, tons of corn carbs and processed food that were gluten-free, which was empty calories with very, very, very little fiber. So it did take a few years to realize that, honestly, the best way to eat, whether you have celiacs or not, is a clean, green diet from the earth. If it comes in a bag, it's great for a snack, but it can't be your primary source of nutrients. So like everything in life, it was a little bit of a hump to get used to, but now all these years later... I have a much more balanced diet and it's 10 more years. So we are lucky that they have gluten-free menus and gluten-free sections. And Has this it been is, 10 years? Yes, about 12 years since I've been diagnosed. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Yep. Yep. And now even the slightest trace of gluten will really set me off. So 
If you feel like you're experiencing any of these odd symptoms and you just don't feel well, it's quite simple to be diagnosed. Any doctor can uh, just register or, excuse me, request a celiac test. If you have the antibodies for the disease in your blood, that would be step one. Step two is a um, check a small um, x-ray of the small intestines or the villa, upper endoscopy. There's the word. And that is how they'll confirm the disease. No one is going to tell you never to eat gluten again unless they're 100% sure. So if you're feeling like this might be you I'm speaking to you, take care of yourself and go see a doctor. Now, a lot of people give up gluten because it, you know, for a while it was the thing to do. I don't know if it still is. I don't pay attention to those diet fads. There is people that have a gluten sensitivity and then celiac. What's the difference there? A gluten sensitivity is I have any of the symptoms that I read earlier. However, by eating gluten, I will not damage my stomach villas or my small intestines. Someone who has a gluten sensitivity may have bloating just like I do, but their body will not be damaged from eating the gluten. Big distinction. Big distinction. So uh, 1% of the world has celiac disease. It's predominantly a white female disease. Believe it or not. Do we know why that is? We don't know why it is, but we know it is. Okay. Many, many people have gluten sensitivity, which is absolutely a real thing. But fortunately for you, friends, you will not have damage to um, either organ by digesting gluten. That's that's really good to know. And just like anything else, if you take it out of your diet, your body's going to be more sensitive to it. So if you don't have celiacs or gluten sensitivity and you are on that fad diet that you mentioned, Sandy, my suggestion to you is keep a little bit in your diet so you don't make the sensitivity worse. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then obviously people can not only seek medical doctor's expertise, but nutritionists as well. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. So let's shift our conversation over to yoga, unless you have anything else you want to say about celiac. No, not a thing. Okay. So going back, to was probably what, 2000, 2006, 2007. I was in your basement, which is now my basement. Yeah, I, my husband and I bought Karen's house. <laughs> so yep. we go way back. We go way back. And uh, yeah, that, yeah, talk about manifest, manifesting the house that I wanted because before I even met Brian, I remember sitting in your kitchen, which is now my kitchen, having a glass of wine. And I'm like, someday I want to live here. And I thought she was being polite, but she meant literally. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just happened to work out. Again, you know, we lost a contract on a couple of houses and this was available. The, everything was in alignment and here we are. So we're in your then basement, my now basement, and we were doing yoga. Remember? I remember. With Deb and Michelle. Mm-hmm. Michelle was teaching it. And I, I've been doing yoga all, on and off for over 30 years. Um, but I remember you were just like, this isn't for me. And, and at the time it wasn't. So what what was that shift for you? It was a big one. I was a very active young woman who needed more, 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 bigger, 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 run more, bike more. And the calmness that yoga commanded, I wasn't willing to, to surrender. And even when my first five or six years of yoga, I was that person who came in after a two-hour bike ride or, or a run you know, everything has its time and its place, but if you're not ready to receive the gift, you're just not open to it. So yes, guilty as charged. Uh, Many years later, when I started having some other issues, 
celiacs, unfortunately, like many autoimmune diseases, once you have one, your body becomes quite susceptible for more. And I did develop uh, rhinoids and lupus. Once my body started screaming, slowing, slow down, I finally was able to hear that message. So I fell into yoga when my body was screaming, begging me to, to slow down. And even then, the first few years, I'm a stubborn girl. The first few <laughs> years, I really fought it. Um, at the end of yoga, if you all aren't, aren't familiar with the practice, you surrender into stillness, and we call it a shavasana, which is a beautiful, peaceful two to six minutes uh, in a meditative state that's lovely. I was the person that stormed out of class right before it started. Um, <laughs> yes, I, yes, stubborn like an ox. So I'd say maybe eight or nine years in, I really could arrive and absorb the true beauty of yoga. And I can't believe it, but three years now I've been teaching. I was, when you told me that you were getting certified, I was like, what? But then again, it doesn't surprise me because you're, you're a natural teacher. So it didn't surprise me, but I'm, I'm so grateful because what did that do for you and your psyche? Like, how did it change your life? Especially when dealing with these physical things that you go through every now and then. It changed my life, period. Period. Close the book. It's done. Slowing down the mind when the body's in distress is an absolute must. And I wasn't ready to do it, which is probably why I had so many issues as a young woman with so much distress in my body. When the body's at dis-ease, you're welcoming diseases into it. And now that I am calm and not in a rush and in practicing yoga every single day, I find I'm a much happier person. I'm a much calmer person. I sleep well. My skin is no longer green. It's beautiful. I'm a healthy weight. And uh, although I still have some autoimmune diseases, everything is at bay. Everything is calm. So it changed my life for the better in every way one can imagine. And I think that's really key to remember because when you're going through, and I do know somebody who, who also has lupus, and she's been really struggling a lot, and I'm hoping that she will hear this interview and maybe think about some of the things that you're talking about because stress, and this is for everybody out there, stress is the number one factor for so many physical ailments and disease and everything else. The worst thing you can do if you have lupus is have stress in your body. I said to the doctor after my diagnosis, what do I avoid? Thinking, well, gosh, with celiacs, it was so simple. Just don't have gluten. Well, that was easy. I mean, sure, I miss a cupcake, but I got it. So when I found out I had lupus, because I'm a doer and I'm a fixer and I'm going to fix this, okay, what do I avoid? What's the magic trick to getting over this lupus? Tell me and I won't eat it. And the doctor looked at me and said, you can have zero stress in your life. Your body is ridden with inflammation. To have more inflammation, have stress. You need to relax. She even told me to watch running and riding a bike because even though working out is so good for you, you're creating inflammation in the body. So when I first was diagnosed, I went on a 90-day plant-based diet, which was extreme. Yeah, you're thinking, no way, that's not for me. It wasn't for me either, but for 90 days, I did it. And I haven't been on a bike in a year. And I went eight months without running a step. So you're not even teaching psycho classes. Haven't taught a psycho class in just over a year. 
two weeks after my diagnosis, COVID hit. So my gym closed temporarily, but I've chosen not to go back. I was told I would never run another race again. And that was horrible and devastating. But this is life. This is life. As we get older, not everything is Disney World. This is life. Life happens while we're busy making other other plans. And life happens as we're busy getting older. And instead of feeling sorry for ourselves, which will not serve you, we have to accept this and find the joy in what we can do. So now I walk. Now I do yoga. Do I miss going for a long run or teaching a great cycle class? Sure I do. But that was then and this is now. Well, and you're taking care of yourself, which is the most important thing people need to do. If you truly want to feel peace and happiness in your heart, you have to take care of yourself. So a 90-day plant-based diet, well, that's not something I would choose to do if I was given a diagnosis. You better believe I would do it. I can do anything for 90 days. Right. My numbers were so all over. I started from such a place of inflammation and um, I, I just had to just slow down and stop. It's not for everyone. And, and one glass of water is better than not at all. One Adding one green to your daily intake is better than not at all. It doesn't have to be extreme. It doesn't have to be extreme. Taking a walk twice a week is better than once a week. So baby steps. Be kind and compassionate to yourself if you want your body to be compassionate back to you. Oh my gosh, that is so true because I, I know I'm, I've always been kind of an all or nothing kind of person. So every single day I try to practice balance. And so often you get on some sort of eating plan. Okay, you have a cupcake or a cookie, which isn't part of the plan. And then you beat yourself up. No, you have to remove that element 100% is that, you know, if you do fall off the wagon with whatever thing you're doing, I'm just using that that, because most people know that phrase. It's okay. Like, don't beat yourself up. Now, with you, on the other hand, you can't have a cupcake. But I can have a gluten-free one. You can have a gluten-free one. And for me, have the cupcake, ladies. Enjoy it. Dive into it. Celebrate it without shame. Exactly. And then you've taken the day off versus I messed up. Exactly. Own the cupcake, own the glass of wine, own whatever it is you're having, but celebrate it without hiding it in the pantry while your partner's upstairs. Uh, We've associated the shame with food where Americans celebrate joy and love and life through food. Exactly. So enjoy the cupcake and then move on and then tomorrow's a new day. But once we have shame, we're doing this whole thing to ourselves that is not self-serving, it's not good for the soul and it really gets you nowhere. Well, and also shame and and any other sort of negative self-talk that we're doing is also going to eat you up inside yes. and can also cause dis-ease. Yes. It's just one more form. Yes. I say to my yoga students all the time, if you don't love yourself, why will anyone else? Right. And when I say things to them like, you are beautiful, you are special, you matter, you are heard, once in a while, I get a little, you know, a little dirty look or a little uncomfortableness and I'll pause them and say, if this makes you uncomfortable, I beg you to ask yourself why. Yep. If hearing wonderful, kind things about your amazing, brilliant, awesome self makes you uncomfortable and pause, that makes me feel really sad where hearing horrible negative things feels comfortable to you. That's, that's, we need to, we need to pause there. Yeah. Yeah. I know I talk about in my book, you know, if at any point you're reading something that is making you uncomfortable, this is probably going to signify that it's something that you need to look at. 
And it, Sandy and it has shows. a beautiful expression that she's said for years. If someone were to say something like, oh, well, I made a mistake because I'm an idiot, she will stop you and say, I'm sorry, you may not speak to my friend that way. And when I um, don't think I've ever shared this with you, when I'm <laughs> queuing in my class, if someone says, um, I'm introducing something challenging, maybe an inversion or a handstand, oh, I can't do that. I'll simply correct them politely and say, I can't do that yet. And then if they push and say, well, I could never do that. I'm fill in the blank of something negative. I will use your quote and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, in this space, you may not speak to my friend that way. <laughs> so I forgot to tell you, I borrowed that into my queuing because I've heard you say many times, it's a beautiful slap on the wrist to, yeah. uh, we need to reset the way we are speaking to ourselves yep. when we look in the mirror, when we think about how we feel about our body. When people say negative things about their legs, I say, boy, I would be kinder to the people who have taken you everywhere you've wanted to go your whole life. Exactly. <laughs> when someone says something negative about their belly, I think, well, gosh, that belly slapped so much till it got sore. That belly made a baby. Do you really want to be fresh to that belly that's produced your children, your joy, your mm -hmm. greatest moments? It's just perceptions, reality, and we can choose to be compassionate and warm to ourselves or to be abusive. Well, and and the first part of learning how to keep that sense of peace and happiness in our hearts is through self-love. You have to get be in a place where you love yourself first before any of the other things are even possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. We should pause there because that's really remarkable. It really is. I don't know how I could love my children or my husband if I don't love um, his wife and their mother. That's right. And I think back then I would run my races and teach my classes and yoga sounded like a massage. It sounded like an extra, like a bonus. Oh, cause that's relaxing. It's so good for me. Well, certainly I can't take another hour out. Am I being selfish? Am I making it about me? And the answer is no. Self-care is sanity, not vanity. Uh, do it every day, friends. Do it every day. Now you don't lift weights, do you? And I don't, I do maybe two times a week, just not very, very, very light. People with celiacs very often are told not to um, have dairy. For some reason, and I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know why, people with celiacs are unable to absorb the calcium or vitamin D from those foods, um, which sometimes makes their bones weak. I get something called a DEXI scan once every five years to measure the strength of my bones. So people with celiacs or those who don't eat dairy want to do a little something weight-wise a couple of times a week to keep the bones nice and strong. Right. But you never really were in, into that before. I mean, a little bit through my classes, yeah, but, but not, nothing not, too not, crazy. Nothing crazy. Yeah, no. I'm only making a point that Karen has the most amazing arms you will ever see. And that is mostly from yoga. Yeah. Yes. Yoga. The strength that you can build. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I see you know, you can just Google, you know, some of these yogis that have pictures out online. I mean, they don't, they don't really lift weights. Although the older you get, it is, it yes. is advised for women, especially because of the, the bone density that, that it is really important, but, but you don't need to go crazy with it. People come to yoga for the exercise and then they leave with everything else. And then the cherry on top is the exercise, but I'm hoping you come to your mat looking for peace, self-love, serenity, meditation, and then bonus on it is, ooh, that was harder than I thought. And wow, my legs are feeling really strong and my arms are really looking beautiful. Um, but it's so much more than exercise. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Yeah. Well, Karen, is there anything else that you want to throw out there about yoga or celiac, something? Did you think of anything you, you, you wanted to say that you didn't? 
I don't know. Um, let me think about this. You've already said so many brilliant things for the listeners, and I really am grateful for that. I'm so happy to hear that. I wish I would have told my busy self that just living for your children and your husband and what you think you should do isn't always right. It wasn't self-serving. If I could say to my younger self, the world will move on if the kids sit in front of the TV for an hour and I go to a doctor's. The world will move on if the dishes sit in the sink and the uh, dishwasher isn't emptied. I feel that many women try to be superwoman and um, I don't know if that's really serving and anyone's feeling good about themselves with that. Take the burden off your back, live your life uh, for yourself and no one else. Your happiness is the most important thing, as is your health. You have to be your own fighter. Yeah. As you demonstrated through the examples that you went to so many doctors and having a doctor hand you a card. Yeah. I didn't know that. Saying here, here, That was devastating. And also what was devastating about it, Sandy, was it was a woman who yeah. looked just like me and was my age. And I feel like women like you and I love each other, empower each other, support each other. And when you're feeling better, when you've put someone down, well, that's just not the woman for me. Right. I was just so crushed that instead of someone showing some compassion and empathy saying, what's going on? She judged me. And let's be honest, all your listeners, we know what it's like to be judged. It feels horrible. It totally feels horrible. It's like the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. So if you feel it in your gut, something's wrong, I promise you're right. Be your own fighter and uh, advocate for your health. Awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's all we got because Karen doesn't have a website to promote, so I don't have anything else for you. <laughs> Namaste. That's it. Namaste. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. I so enjoyed sitting down and talking to my dear friend, Karen. I loved everything she said, and I'm really hoping that if anything she talked about, especially with some of the physical symptoms that she was experiencing, I hope that if any of you out there did hear something, that you'll pick up the phone and call your doctor. But what I really love the most is how she is just all about empowering women. And, you know, ladies, we have to start being kind to one another and be each other's cheerleader, for goodness gracious sake. We need to cheer each other on and empower each other, you know? You, you just never know what that person has gone through to get to the point where she is today. You know, we, we all are, like Karen was saying, we all are in pain. We're all struggling with something, M me, myself, and I included. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it today. And to learn more about me, you can visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, can be purchased on Amazon and Barnes & Noble in both the print version and Kindle. You can follow me on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. And as I always say, if you are watching this on my YouTube channel, please subscribe. Thank you very much. And I hope that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, love, and especially self-love. Take care, everyone. <laughs>